This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, my boy Brucey. Brucey. And let's not forget about Matt Hunt. What's poppin' Hunt? <laughs> What's up, Conrad? I'm glad you threw it mm-hmm. to Bruce and not me. He's yeah. more important than me right He's now. such a good boy. Yeah, he, he deserves the, the, the plaudits right there. He needs it, man. What's poppin' with you? How you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Did so you? you lost last week. I did. I did lose. I'm now one for three, so my, my record is getting worse and worse. Oh, my mm. God. But good fuck, news fuck is Hurricane, man. you get on the board. <laughs> <laughs> So one more pick and you're on the board. Okay, nice. We're, we're gonna resume that next week for the weekend warriors. We we can't do it this week because they didn't they didn't let me have a pick, man. They got no soccer games this week that I can pick from, and I mm-hmm. am definitely not gonna be able to pick another sport. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just gonna skip a week. Listen, I looked today and there weren't enough uh, options for the Steelers because it's early in the week, so we're just gonna skip it. Yeah, I think it. Um, I think they by tomorrow <laughs> they'll probably have soccer picks, but it's because mm-hmm. it's Wednesday and it's too early for Don't the worry. weekend games. I think we're we'll, we'll throw we'll throw our picks up on social. Yeah, we'll yeah, tweet it we'll out on that. Saturday. Mm-hmm. What's we'll poppin', Landy? Going. How are you feeling over there? I'm feeling good because I can wear whatever sh- how short shorts I want, man. Bucky, oh right you look different. Yeah, what is different? What is different? Oh shit, that reminds me. Uh, can you get my bag? It's next to my chair. Sure. Uh, <laughs> this reminds me. This reminds me. This reminds me. So for Shirtgate, um, for yesterday's shirt swap, uh, Matt and I both had shirts that came a little bit too late. So. Thank you. I just chucks it, no problem. <laughs> so my person uh, was Guapo, so I'm gonna have to run this one over to him. I'll come to you. And then Guapo's coming to me. And then Conrad had, uh, Matt had Conrad, but he couldn't make it because he's playing the Bobby's Room game today. He got a starting seat. So he got Conrad's shirt. This is Conrad's. And then this is yours, but you have to look at it this way. And then you have to open it when you get back to the camera being on you. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, Matt's playing uh, he's playing Bobby's room today so yep. Matt's playing Bobby's room he got a seat wow. he couldn't be here today so he left uh, the skeleton crew which is basically everybody else but him what do you mean skeleton crew I, I thought this that, is the uh, A squad I thought that they only be. played mix in Bobby's room no Wait, is he, does he play? He plays in Bobby's room, right? Yeah, no, he yeah. plays in no, Bobby's that, room that, every The day. game that okay. he plays That's is in Bobby's room. Okay, I thought... Yeah. Well, I don't know Bobby's room mix is also a room. They also have a space oh, like there, a separate, too. Okay. Just, uh, there's... Uh, a bunch of tables in Bobby's room. I guess so. I didn't There's realize that tables. the game he plays in every day is actually a Bobby's room game. Bobby's yeah. room is bigger than you thought. Yeah, it probably All is. Right. Let's start with Conrad's shirt. Room. Room. Well, hold on. Give me a second. Yeah, Conrad's oh, busy trying to rip it okay. apart. I got it. Okay, what is this? Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I, don't I don't care. care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How perfect of a shirt is this for me? That's a freaking shirt. Oh, that this is, is a good. perfect shirt. Good job, Burke. Mm-hmm. You done good, cuz. Right. Not, not as good as mine for Landon, but you did I good. mean, yeah, your shirt was definitely innovative and uh, <laughs> might need a bigger one to get what you're going to cross, but I, I understand. I didn't see yesterday. What, what was the shirt? In the it end? was a crop top with, uh, it was oh, a little bit too a homemade, short. Though. A homemade crop top. 
Wow. You know, I personally put every fucking scissor. put an ace and a five on there. Mm-hmm. I put every scissor cut in there myself. A crop top with ace five suited on that. That's and really, it that's also had a penis cover. It had a penis cover. Yeah. Okay. For my shorts. That, <laughs> that, uh, wow. Conrad's scared if I'm a uh, hanging brain, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, all right, Guapo. Uh, your turn. All right. Now you said there's a certain way to open this. Uh, just You can open it the way, however you want now. You just couldn't look it until right now. We want full reaction. We want full reaction. reaction. This $70 shirt. <laughs> it's like we've taught you. <laughs> Dude, I'm wearing this to the jewel today. Yes. That's yes. So good. It's like we've like taught, taught you nothing. nothing. Oh, it's so, so close to my heart. I love it. That does. so great. Wait, do they have context of the shirt or no? Uh, I believe- yeah, we did talk about it. We've we talked about it a few it. times yeah. on the podcast. I think we talked about it enough. Yeah. So basically, whenever <laughs> ever Guapo gives a head history before the show, mm-hmm. Landon usually replies with, it's like we've taught you nothing <laughs> in that very snarky tone, and it's usually very funny. That's not why I'm mad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I mean, do we just cut to it now? I think we do. It's a good, it's a good segue. Right. Whoa, 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 before, guys, before that. Wow. I have to ask you a question. What's that? What would you do if you somehow was giving a second starting stack in a tournament? Oh, oh my God. They'd probably give it back. You're gonna give it back. You I'd can put it in like, your pocket, put it on the table. What would you do? I mean, I mean, this happened to Scotty Win in the main. Yeah, this uh, happened to. What, what did Scotty Win do? I mean, I would, I would, <laughs> I would. You give this stack back, it's gonna be all over, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the GTO thing thing to do is is just put it in your pocket, and when you get down to like 10 percent of your starting stack, this you is, just bust it back out. <laughs> yeah, this is men the exactly and then you get ejected from the fucking tournament. You know what? Like what's, this asshole. What's weird about this is like. If I got given a second starting stack, my reaction of confusion would be so obvious, I would never be able to cheat. Because I'd be like, "What? wait, what's, what's happening here? I got two starting stacks. And someone would immediately right. realize that something was wrong. And I'd be like, hang on, what's going on? I can't hide it like that. So this guy clearly... He like in a calculated way. He got given that second starting right. stack, and he was like, "Hmm, I can do something with this." You so, know, I can, so this guy, he he won a bracelet, right? An online bracelet. He's a Brazilian pro. Yeah, he's a his pro name apparently. is uh, how how do you say his Rafael last name? Caifa. Caifa. Caifa? I believe it would be Caifa. Caifa. I I my Brazilian Portuguese is really bad, but I mm-hmm. think it might be Caifa. I tell you, you what, it's better it's than all of ours. Yeah. I guarantee that it's either Caifa or Caifa. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't he's know. He's out of there. Yeah, maybe it's j- kind of weird. Jaya he's like, I also wonder, like, <laughs> was this that given to him by somebody? No, no. So apparently um, in the article, it said that um, someone who reads it wasn't you. it wasn't ju- it wasn't just him that this happened to. The, the, there was some sort of mix up and there was multiple people that got got mm-hmm. a stack from the tournament director when they got their seat assignment and then also got a stack from the dealer at when the they table. sat down and everybody else did the right thing and said hey i got a d- <laughs> wait a second i got another stack i got two stacks and they corrected it they gave it they gave the chips back and they proceeded on in the tournament and then this guy didn't do that <laughs> stuck them in his pocket and then uh got down to like 10 you start with 100,000 <laughs> chips so he had he had his original 100,000 stack and then another one that he pocketed, got down to 10,000 chips. His table broke. As he moved to the other table, his new table, he busted out the stack and, mm. and added it to his short stack. And somebody else recognized that he was like very short stacked and then immediately at this new table had all these chips where like he didn't have enough time to win. We just sat down. So they alerted the, the floor. They went to the... Um, to the to the videotape, the cameras. They saw that he did this, 
and they ejected him from the tournament, all the rest of the tournaments in that series. And uh, I, I don't know. He might not even be able to play any more uh, LEPTs anymore. Do yeah. you think that yeah. maybe like a black book should be created for this type of cheating in tournaments? Yeah, I, I would. I would love that. I would love if that happened. If you just got you just get blackballed and you just can't mm -hmm. play anymore. I yeah, love that. but I don't zero think it's, tolerance policy. Yeah, kind I, of thing. I just I don't think mm -hmm. it's likely to happen. But I think it'd be great to to be able to play a tournament with absolute security that anybody who has done that in the past is just not allowed to play anymore. Right. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I think the only problem is like because a lot of it's going to be subject to opinion. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. Like exactly. So you like, don't want to carry out someone else's opinion. In in an mm -hmm. ideal world, like we'd be able to have absolute proof every time this happened, and then every time there was proof you get banned. Yeah. But yeah. there's so many instances where there's not absolute proof where it's like it's 95% that somebody cheated. But you know, you can't convict someone of a crime on 95% mm -hmm. and you can't convict someone of cheating on 95% because Exc there's always that ambiguity. You know? Yeah, and especially since you're not just convict them on your your platform, it's going to be all Exactly. All. Yeah, do you think exactly. there's a do you think there's degrees to the the way they cheated like th maybe this guy didn't set out to cheat this day but he saw an opportunity and he took it as uh. opposed to as opposed to like you know like it's like second degree cheating as opposed to first degree, like premeditated I, I cheating think there, you know I think what there I mean? are but i think that in that case you just you solve it by like okay you're banned for two years instead of five years yeah. instead of permanently right. or whatever mm -hmm. you know i think if you look at how sports punish violations like they give you uh, they give you a ban for X amount of time, and then after that, you can come back, right? right? And I think that's fine. I think you can do that for different degrees of it. But I think that the main thing that tournament players want is to know that anybody who's cheated in the past, or who's cheated, especially who's cheated recently, is not going to be allowed to play. Right. To give them, like, if, if they cheat recently, like, you give them a ban to allow them to, like, think about it and decide not to do it again, you mm -hmm. know? Um, which is kind of the whole point of, of punitive, you know, reinforcement there right. so i i think that you can have degrees of bands i don't mm -hmm. think you have to like be like you're never get you never get to play poker again right but there are certain people that you know we we would like to see just not be allowed to play because they have such a history of cheating right yeah if you're a repeat offender i mean that yeah. that, that that should be called yeah called exactly for, uh, there, there are definitely repeat bands. offenders right. out there who still mm -hmm. play yeah are, and it's frustrating uh, are any of you familiar with bait car you guys know what this is no, no. So bait car was something that they used to do in, in police districts where they would go to like impoverished neighborhoods it's and leave cars with keys inside of oh, them yeah, yeah. and just oh. leave the doors open. And basically people who are like even, entrapment. It yeah. does. And the yeah. thing is, is if this used to be something that was legal and now it's not it's because, not, mm -hmm. because of entrapment laws yeah. and that kind so of anyways, stuff. So anyways, I'm going to yeah. be running a tournament soon and I'm going to be handing out double stacks. <laughs> 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 you you're fucking banned. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. It's just setting the trap for everybody my, and see which we'll see who's the, the, uh, you know, the defector. Yeah. yeah the my, my theory and, about this is that I think that this guy probably knew that people were being given like that he might i think he had an inkling before he got the second starting stack mm -hmm. that this might happen because i think like if he's literally the only one that didn't give it back like that whole thing that i said about how you you instantly react you're like wait so, someone just gave me a starting stack mm -hmm. like yeah it's so hard to not react like that that mm -hmm. i think he must have kind of anticipated that it might happen and then right. planned like okay if i get short and i get moved tables now i'm going to put the stack into play you know because i just feel like it's so hard to if you do get 
given a second stack. Like, it's hard to, like, not react, like, just, like, pocket the stack or pocket the first stack or something like that, you know? So I feel like this might have been partially premeditated in that he had maybe... Like, someone should find out if he was, like, re-entering the tournament or something. Because right. if he had already entered and knew seen, that he could get a seen double this stack. happen, yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. very possible he, he busted, re-entered, and was like, okay, if I re-enter, I might get a second stack. Right. Like, you know, that, it's, I don't think the article answered whether that was the case or not, but I feel like there has to be some element of, like, he sort of knew this might come, because mm -hmm. I just don't see anybody being able to spontaneously pull this off, you know? Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird, because, like, as you said, you kind of just, like, have a moment of fluster, like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, like, it's, like, it's vis it would be visible confusion for me. Like, <laughs> like for, for most people, I think. Like, because yeah. if someone hands you something, you're not expected to be handed. Like, if you just, if someone in the street were to come up to you and just hand you something, you'd be like, what? Like you just yeah. instinctively react, right? Yeah, right? And at the table, I would I would do the same if someone just mm -hmm. handed me chips. Yeah. But if you if you if you're planning ahead, if you think, oh, maybe I'm gonna get handed some extra chips, like you just kind of keep your cool, you know? So, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's a weird story, but yeah. fuck this guy. <laughs> Agreed. Get him out. Get him out. And now, on to game. Game of gold. Game of gold. God, there's gold, been so much gold, going gold, on. Gold. Man, what a fun show th this guy Con let's just let's just get something clear conrad episode one was i hate this show <laughs> conrad know. episode six big I, fan i well i just the thing was i didn't it's not that i hated it it's like gave me nothing to make me want to watch it mm -hmm. the second episode like i just really didn't care like when breaking i got news to, you, you don't did. care you did breaking news <laughs> you i don't did care. watch the second episode I, and you're glad you did yeah well the second episode got better mm -hmm. yeah and it gave me reason to watch well that's good watch it, the third that means and the, the game fourth is, yeah. and the fifth there we go so like it just it's just been going on it's like one of those tv shows where season one kind of sucks but you stick with it season two is actually good no i haven't seen fucking um game of thrones mm -hmm. because i can't get through the first episode you're done just sick dude Huh? It's a good Game of Thrones. I can't get through the first episode. I hate it. I hate okay. it. For, first and second. I what just, you should do is you should watch. Hate it. You should watch the first four seasons and then stop, because it gets worse after season four. And <laughs> it go, it go, season four, it gets like progressively better. It gets progressively better until the end of season four, and then it gets progressively worse until the end of season eight. You got to write so, it out though. You got to see mm -hmm. it. You kind of yeah. I mean, I, I would I would just write it out, but like. If you really wanted to save yourself a lot of annoyance and frustration, just don't watch the entire last four seasons of Game I, of Thrones. How do you get to the third episode? I can't do it. Because, you know, I, I can't, like, just start from the third or fourth because I really... Right. No, you shouldn't know. do that. No. Like, you know what I'm realizing is Conrad be... hates plot building. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You yeah. hate plot building because like this or is shows that start with game of. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's in, he's in for game of gold now. No, he's, he's in. in. He's I'll in. Probably it's love, just the first. Listen, it's just the TV first shows. episode of of shows that start with game of. If yeah. he can get through the first, he's good. Yeah. Right. As soon yeah. as he needs to learn human interest, he's like, I don't want to learn he, anything about these people. He, he wants yeah. instant gratification. He wants mm -hmm. the first five minutes of the show have to be all action. Just right. be like, popping, they have man. to be like, yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta build to the popping. You can't just be popping all the time. You see how he intros the show? I'm yes. popping all the time, We, we get it popping, Susan. Conrad wants 100% pop. Just constant, <laughs> constant popping, nothing else. That's Conrad's... That's Jungle popped, that's for sure. doesn't say anything. And you are, like, complaining about Shut something. Shut up! You are being aggressive. Just go f*** yourself. No, what? no. Am I a friend with this guy? Jungle just got it in his head. He's being super arrogant right now and, like, a big f***ing baby. I'll go to the bathroom so you can be alone. It's right. I'm not mad at you. I know. Why are you I know. Mad at you? I wanted to play too, but you're gonna play all That's three. That's not why. Okay. 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 Sorry. 
Oh my god! Yo, Joker is reading a spiritual book. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best part. Like he's on his own with the camera, and he goes, he just realizes uh, how funny it is. Just he's reading his spiritual book. I mean, it's kind of great. Like, um, he seemed pretty zen to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just like realized he made a huge mistake. Yeah, after fucking mm -hmm. Yo scooped him for ninety coins, and yeah. he's just sitting there with his thumb in his ass reading a spiritual book in the back. I love Yo's reaction as well. Am I fine with this guy? <laughs> it was it was great. Like just kind of confusion of like, wait a minute, why is why am I suddenly being this attacked? Is, this is what we live for. We want this drama. Yeah. We don't want to just see hand after hand. They're great, but like we want to see them screaming I, at each other, swearing. I was thinking this morning. I was like. Just give me less poker. Season two yeah. of Game of Gold, give me less poker, more bullshit. Like right. more, more of them, right. them just in the back arguing about poker related stuff. Like yes. I, I don't so care good. if they just play a bunch of 10 big blind heads up, sit and goes. Mm -hmm. uh, who cares? Like yep. I just, I want poker players so, arguing with each other about who's better. And, right. And Melissa like brought that. up yesterday that they should, um, you know, they, they should all live in the same house. Oh, yes. So, so it's just, they're just always 100%. in contact with each other. That was actually, it's yeah. funny. I was watching the episode, uh, I don't know which day it was, but my wife came into the room and saw what I was watching. She was like, are they all living together? It was the first thing she asked. Mm -hmm. Like, did they make them all live together? Right. And I thought that would be such a crazy idea, but it would be so fun. I mean, that's that's rule number one when it comes to these kind of shows. You gotta make them live together. <laughs> them in close quarters and they can't get away from each other and they have to interact and then they just, chaos ensues. I mean, they already, they already yeah. have them like, doing like right. probably 16 hour days or something of shooting right because i can tell by the end of like the first round of sit and goes they were yeah. all super tired right like, they're all like eating chinese food in the back like, yeah it's hard to tell i mean what day is what you heard Fit like, Hidor say when he started to play he's like i've been here for, been 12, for 12 hours I did say exactly. that, yeah. and i haven't played a hand of poker yet mm -hmm. and now yeah. i'm excited to play so yeah yeah, yeah i think they've got them pretty long days it's got to be mm -hmm. weigh weighing on them so we makes them more irritable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hunt, let me get your general thoughts on, like, the last few episodes on, like, the team strat versus individual. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we've definitely seen in round two people being more concerned with themselves. Like, people are being more like, I have to make, I have to win coins. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought that the, the conversation between Jungle's team in the last episode was interesting where they're, you know, they're debating who's going to go first because it... It is clearly the highest EV for the team to have the best player go first. But as Charlie's team kind of identified, everybody should want to go first. And I was surprised that in Jungle's team, they kind of had kind of like advocating for herself to not go last mm -hmm. as opposed to going first. Because for her, it was like she didn't, wa she didn't want to be in that potential pressure spot. Um, but yeah, the, I, I think that really... I'm surprised every team didn't end up just like flipping for it because yeah. with the yeah. amount of coins that were on, on offer, everybody should have just been like, well, I want to go first. I, I either I go first or we flip for it. Like yeah, everybody should have fought tooth and nail to go first. It, that's yeah. what Charlie was very yeah. surprised when yeah. Fader comes out and he's mm -hmm. like, well, you won the flip. And he's like, no, he's like, I just said I'm going first. And they're oh, like, right. what? You didn't I, flip. I yeah. also think Charlie what? went about it the wrong yeah. way. No, like, I disagree. No. I mean, he could have tried to, like, yeah. it, it could have ended up in a flip. But he could have tried to assert himself. Right. Right. This is what it came to being going it, it, first. It has to be. It yeah. has to be like making a deal at a final table. You advocate mm -hmm. for yourself. Yep. And if if you, you say okay, you 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 give me this, I'll make a deal. If they don't give you what you want, you say okay, I'll take ICM, whatever. Yep. 
in this case, taking ICM is just flipping for it. Right. But everybody, the equilibrium is everybody says either I go first or we take a flip. And so everybody agrees to just take a flip. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to start by advocating for yourself. Fedor played it great. Yeah, Fedor, exactly. Like he said, like, well, we want the best player first. Let me go first. <laughs> and Josh and Maria just kind of agreed to it, which I, might be the best for the team. I think Josh not the best is, for them. Sorry. I think Josh also had the... The second, he second guessed himself. The second yeah. guess immediately, like mm-hmm. he goes, like, "I could be making a huge, yeah, yeah." He goes, yeah. "I just might have made, just made a huge mistake." And Jungle yeah. realized when Yo just swept it. Jungle realized how much of an error it was to just let Yo <clears throat> go first the first day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I, I think that when they do the second day, when they do like the losers bracket and the winners bracket, we might start to see people really arguing like. I'm going to go first or we flip for it. Yeah, I'm con- I'm pretty interested to see what happens as Yo's team swept, so they're automatically playing the second day. Yeah. And Jungle was given opportunity to play first by the team for the second day, but yeah. kind of might fight for it and mm-hmm. say, hey, like I didn't get a chance. I'm probably going to lose anyways. It's probably better I go first mm-hmm. to that, try to get the negotiation, but it'll never go through. That would be a big yeah. brain thing. It would be a big brain thing, but I don't think... You like, have to try. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what they do at that point, right? Do they have to flip for it? I'm sure there's something you in the You have rule. to force the other two to flip. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You, if you're Kaina, you're Jungle, or in Jungle, he should be asserting himself, right. but then have the other people should force right. him to flip. You cannot, you cannot at, at a, even if you're the worst player in the three, the worst you should accept is a flip. Right. right. As, that, if if, if Kaina just yeah. wants, if she just, you know, stands her ground, then they will have to flip because eventually yeah. you have to make a decision. And it, it's not like Jungle has any power to say, hey, I'm going first and there's nothing you can do about it. If she right. says, no, I'm going first, nothing you can do about it, then they just flip. Yeah. To be quite That's honest with you, yeah. if I, I would either flip or try to squeeze myself in the second position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just never get good. third. Yeah. Like, if, if something, if there was something along yeah, the lines Yo should like, definitely be going third because he went first and then, you know, so he should, oh, yeah, he yeah, should just get for next round. Yeah. Oh, okay, but that's yeah, not going right. to happen because I mean, in the sense of what they agreed upon for the first ep- like first episode of the match was that kind of goes third both times, oh. and then Yo and Jungle flip oh, for the, right. the championship they match. They made that, that. They made it, but who knows how like binding I it is? Kind of you know fucking flips. Yeah, I, I hope, hope she loses her shit because yeah. a it's going to be great content, right? And <laughs> it's and b she deserves to. Do you? Like, get- she has to stand yeah. her ground and try to get play first or, or at worst second. She needs to see the fell. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Jungle's anger is justified? It but, seems like no. because... No, right. he's, he's mad at himself. Right, he's right. mad at... Like, right, he's not like, mad at anybody. He, well, he said he was mad at Yo because Yo didn't understand that he was getting the value that he was, but I think Yo did. Yo hustled his ass. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think Jungle, like, it's I think, like, Jungle, you had the chance, like you agreed to this. He, he now was, you're mad because listen, Yo's not stupid. Right. He was mad at himself right. and he was taking it out on Yo. Yeah. And I think, he, I think he basically admitted and realized that like even within the conversation, he just didn't actually apologize. Yo straight hustled Jungle here. Yeah. <clears throat> like yeah. he absolutely hustled him. Mm-hmm. He just, he, the second he was able to slide in the first position, it was just like, it was, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. I mean, let's move on. I don't think Jungle's used to uh, someone getting one up, you know, a yeah. one up on him. Well, he's and a gamesman, like, right? Like yeah. the more that right. he, like he's not here, he knows it's a winner take all tournament and mm-hmm. he knows that, uh, he wants to put himself in the best chance to win, but he didn't expect Yo to sweep. Right. Right? So he yeah. got the worst possible outcome for a decision that he yeah. knew he was sacking EV. Exactly. But instead of actually like taking his EV worth, he got mm-hmm. worse then because Yo swept. Yeah. And then yeah. Yo acted like he didn't get any EV. Like he acted right. like Jungle got the EV. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Well, yeah. He's saying that for the next round. He's saying like, "Oh, like look, I'm yeah. I'm giving up going I'm first giving this up time." EV. Like you got all the EV. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Yo has played it great so far. Mm-hmm. He's he's definitely made good decisions. He's sort of low-key 
one of the better players, and I think maybe some of the people on his teams have not necessarily recognized that he's he's really good in comparison points. to the field. Um, and he's yeah, he's obviously crushing it in terms of the leaderboard. <laughs> kind of happy jungles is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. I feel manipulated. <laughs> and I think that... Um, He's not wrong. He did get manipulated I here. think on some level as well. <laughs> 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 this is great. The force is fucking amazing. Great. I think part, oh, man, of, so part of the frustration as well is I think jungle knows that assuming he and Yo, if, if their team make it through, like the fact that Yo has all these chips now is you know is putting jungle in a more difficult position when they actually get to the the final stages you know mm -hmm, he's yeah. he's gonna have a harder time in the late game when he's up against a player that is one of the better players and has like a, a big stack let, let's say you man know? it's so funny the backtracking of he should be so grateful i gave him this ev right <laughs> yeah. versus, i think i got manipulated yeah it's funny because like he's just mad at himself and he's just like oh, stupid sure. about yeah. it i mean Absolutely. yeah i would be i would be mad too like in the sense of i would obviously act a little bit differently well, but you're, you just got you're just mad at yourself yeah because you fucked up you're not thinking about the game right. yeah you either have to you have to go first or Flip because mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's something in the rule book that says that if you guys can't come to a decision, you have to flip for it. Right. Because mm -hmm. at some point, a decision has to be made. Like, oh, I mean, what what are you guys gonna do? We're all gonna walk out first that if we yeah. don't come to a, like an agreement here, so we have to flip. Yeah. yeah. You know, all three of us are just gonna walk I, out for the first match. I've watched yeah. I watched shows like this that were like. If they can't come to an agreement, then they get a penalty or something. Uh, so they have to force them to like yeah. to make a decision. I wish that, that, and don't that don't let it come to a flip. Like just make them make a decision, or they all get punished. Yeah. So let me ask you about the team captains since you weren't here on mm -hmm. Monday. Yeah. Um. What do you think their their um, strategy should have been? I think that. I mean, Yo went first. He picked. He picked Jungle. Yes. I don't think you should just pick the best player. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is this is proven to be the best pick ever. Well, <laughs> when, <yeah. laughs> when the fucking Jungle Band the first, so it lets him go first. Yeah, that's best true. Best pick ever. That's true. Good for and content. Good I for think content. that I think that you have to kind of do what I think Fedor did, which mm -hmm. is to pick people who are not necessarily. Like, you definitely don't want, just want to, like, pick weak players. Yeah. But you also want to be mindful that if you make it through, keeping the field weaker is to your advantage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. like, having the opportunity to potentially eliminate the other strong players is really good because your EV goes way up if you're at a final table. Let's say you're... Let's, I don't know what they're going to do, but let's say the final six is, like, a six-handed sit-and-go or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you pick... If you're, if you're Fedor... And, or if you're Yo, let's say, and you pick Jungle, your EV in that six-handed sit-and-go is way lower with Jungle in it yeah. than if you pick someone else. Right. So the way I would approach it if I was a team captain is I want to pick people who I think are at least maybe not at the bottom end of the field so they're good enough to get through to the next round. They're good enough to get us through or have a good shot at winning these heads-up sit-and-goes to get through the next round. But I, I, I think you want to pick people who you believe you have an edge against. <clears throat> yeah, um, and it might do your bidding, right? Like how, how, how Fader was able to just yeah. be like, I'm playing first, I, and they're like, I mean, oh, we'll just, yeah, we'll just defer to you. It's an incredible edge in this just to have the image that someone like a Fader has. Right. Because everybody kind of knows he's one of the better players, but because of that, 
they're all deferring to what he wants. Like right, they're right, all right. like letting him make the decisions in mm -hmm. a lot of cases. And Which, that's benefiting him even more. You I know. I think it's personally absurd that Robin, Olga, and Nikita are on the same team. I think it is so crazy because if you were a team captain, don't you want to pick one of them? Like they're you want them to be at that final table with you. It, this yeah. is also if they know the structure of the thing. I'm right. not sure who knows the structure of mm -hmm. the yeah, I think when they picked teams, they didn't know exactly what Yeah, they didn't was know they were happen. doing a heads up sit and go. They didn't know they were doing right. the, they didn't the know the format for right, round yeah. two. Yeah. So I but yeah, I think that um mm. I think that Nikita as a captain picked pretty poorly. Um because I think she she was of the of the four the captains were Fedor, Yo, Nikita, and who else? Charlie. Charlie, Charlie yeah. yeah. Of those four captains, Nikita Charlie. needs to have the self-awareness to know that she's the weakest player. Yes. And uh, you, you really want to make sure that you, your team has, like, in the second round, your team has a balance of, like, being, you know, at least in the middle of the pack in terms of poker skill. Yeah. And I think she should have, I know she... She did she get the third pick? So she got the remember? last pick. She got the snake pick. She so oh, she picked yeah, fourth okay. and fifth. I see. So I'm trying to think. So of who David she had Williams available. was still left. Josh yeah. Arier was still there. Okay. So I think in her spot, I probably would have picked like David and maybe Andy or somebody like that. I'm not sure. Andy went um, first to Charlie. So Andy was. Oh, okay. Andy, was Andy went to Charlie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of tough when uh, when Fedor and Yo and Charlie are three of the captains because they're definitely three of the four best players left, including Jungle, you mm -hmm. know? So it's an interesting spot, but I think you have to pick as a captain in a way where you're not just trying to maximize your team's chances of getting through. You have to look at your own individual chances and you want to pick people that mm -hmm. are good enough to have an, at least be breaking, breaking even against the field. Um, mm -hmm. But you also want to pick people that you have an edge against. And so I, th I thought Fedor picked absolutely perfectly Perfect. i thought yeah. fedor so far has crushed this whole thing not just in his poker decisions but his picks for as a captain were perfect i actually kind of had a weird feeling he was going to pick maria because i i think he's smart enough to know that she's she's doing okay against the field in this but also that if he were to get late in the in the later game uh against her he has a very good idea of how she plays mm -hmm. he has played enough with her that he probably you has a really clear idea of what his strategy is going to look like against her if they play in the late stages. So, yeah, I think Fedor nailed it. Um, I think Nikita probably didn't pick that well. Um, Charlie, I thought, picked fairly well, but I was surprised that his logic for picking Andy was like, oh, he's really experienced deep stacks. It was like, how, how likely do you think it is you're going to be playing 400 big blind cash games in this, this in format? This format you know? yeah. So, like, Andy's a good player. Yeah. But I, the reasoning for picking him was a bit weird. Right. Um, I, well, I guess in the next season, it'll make more like more sense for the realizing that deep stack probably isn't that big of a skill set that's necessary yeah. just because they need to get content out. And as a whole, yeah. people can't be playing 400 right. big blind heads but, up matches. But I think for season two, they will change formats. Oh, like, they'll have they, to. They will have to because you can't know in advance what's gonna, what it's going to be. So, I think well, or you can know in advance and that's even more strategy. So, like, I think that if they would have known... So, I'm not sure, actually, about this format still. We mm -hmm. were talking about it the other day. And it says, basically, whoever wins the winner's match mm -hmm. goes to round four. Now, is round four the finals, or is round four the finals for heads up? 
for mm. this one competition. Yeah. I still don't know this answer. I think it's I think it's round four of the whole competition. I think so, it's round four of the whole And that's what I had also thought. Mm -hmm. And I, I, me and Berkey was talking about it later. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I but yeah. I think if the captains knew this, they would choose very differently. Mm. And I think it would be way more strategic in like... Okay, well, who can I be and who can, like, yeah. like basically everybody would pick, like, Fedor. Right, yeah. Or, or to their skill base. So Nikita would have picked, like, uh, Josh and um, mm -hmm. DW. DW. Right. Yeah. And, like, everybody would have been picked differently and it would have been just a different strategic type yeah. thing. Yeah, I think so, the, um, the thing that is really interesting to me is I... I, I the, it's possible they'll do this later on, I don't know. But with the whole coins format converting to big blinds at the end... I hope that at some point they do some kind of a cash game style structure, but not on an individual basis. Like for season two, I'd love to see them do it where like, okay, you, we're, we're starting 300 big blinds deep. It's a cash game. Each team has one stack mm -hmm. and each player on the team has to play X number of hands. Like you have to like rotate. A tag team. Okay. Like, yeah, like exactly like WSOP tag team, but a cash game. And so, you know, you have, you have this element of, uh, you know, everybody has to play the same number of hands. You have one stack that you have to manage. Is your weakest player going to just like play super tight? Like if you have Andy on your team, are you going to tell him to just like try to play every hand to really accumulate a stack? Like a cash game format with a forced rotation of players would be really interesting. I think, I, where you I all think have there's one stack. Sorry. I think there's a bunch that they can do with this. Yeah. yeah. And I think they, mm -hmm. they'll have enough formats to go <laughs> on for a couple seasons and yeah. like whatever they can watch and re um, repeat after that. Yeah. I, um, I love it. So if you had the first pick, in this this round, who would you have been taking? So if I, if, if, you I, were if yo, I was Yo, yes, I probably would have taken someone like a Maria or a Josh that okay. I think is like middle of the field, but that he would be confident to to have an edge on. I think, cool. yeah, right. would I got, who I would have gone well, with. A bunch of different strategy. We can also talk about the strategy of potentially time banking to win. Oh uh, my the edge god! Of time banking. I stop. love this. I I I mean I. Did you say stop? Put it this way, right? It's a. It's probably a very good strategy, but fuck, it's so boring, man. Just listen, play some, play some man. Poker. This is absolutely game in the system, and I think it might be possible that it's happening. And I think she is absolute genius for this. I mean, it's. I agree it's with a, So basically, it's smart strategy. Maria has just, been playing, hate it. <laughs> taking all of her time, mm -hmm. and like it's just you know she's just sometimes forgetting to take extra time. <laughs> yes. and she's been like weighing out her time banks or not time banks mm -hmm. but her, like her time whatever they're time banks yeah. but every gold coin is 30 seconds well she's too. not paying for them no so, but like throughout hands whatever she's taking out most of her it's getting down to the clock mm -hmm. and i think that she is just trying to get the, the game shorter yeah and i think she's just trying to have less big blinds and just like reduce others edge. absolutely i mean and i think in in a in a heads up scenario if you are if you're a dog if you think you are the worst player it's subjectively that's like correct, right? Like you're supposed yeah. to play fewer hands, but I think it sucks that they made it timed levels because in a, in a managed format like this, why not do number of hands? Why not just eliminate the possibility of stalling or tanking by doing number of hands? Listen, you know? listen, it's the first, first, um, you know, iteration of also, this. I think it's good. I think she's absolutely, it's, it's a strategy right. game. 
And mm-hmm. I think she's absolutely crushing. It's part, her of, part the of the game the within the game. Exactly. Like, like if this was just poker, then I think it's like, ah, what are you doing? And like, you know, maybe we should change the structure to hands. And but like when it's a game within a game, there's so much meta going on. Yeah. And now you're playing. You're in this reality show where you, you know, you, maybe you piss people off yep. and it benefits your advantage yeah. you know, to you sure. and all this, all this other stuff going mm-hmm. on outside of the actual poker. Doing that, I think, is great. Charlie, yeah, it makes I, the I game great, and being the having the ability to do it mm-hmm. also is another element to the game that which is yeah, just, that's true. Just I, can, I can get it. behind that. Charlie was like, "I want to talk to her," you know. I want to, you know, that's part of my game. Oh my and God. I'm just thinking, if I'm Maria, I want to keep let you keep talking. Like, yeah. please talk for my whole thirty seconds. Yeah. Save me from Char- <laughs> Charlie's bullshit, man. Save me from his. I'm in tune with the universe. I'm gonna get reads. Like, oh my God, I've never I don't know, man. I'm, I'm slowly so starting to come around to team charlie really at first i didn't want to like him but he seems the most diplomatic he seems like a very kind person mm-hmm. um i don't know man i yeah. might be team charlie i kind of like I definitely charlie don't hate him, actually as, yeah. as a character other than him wearing no undershirt on his first good, episode like, <laughs> it's, it's great that you have all these different personalities right because they clash and then you, know, I, I you tell see you different who's, people who's team i'm on i am on team david williams i love dw Everyone loves DW. He's the best. I think he's he's been so far. He's been likable. His attitude's been good. Like he's there's there's nothing that you can call out and say like oh he was out of line saying this or whatever. He's played good. Like mm-hmm. he battles. He's been I, battling for a long time. Like, I like DW and Josh. Those, those are the two that I. And, and I, who? Sorry, Josh. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Josh. Yeah. Absolutely. Josh has been great. <laughs> They're um, kind of like the same person to me on this. Mm-hmm. I just I love them both. On Old here. school guys, man. Yep. They've been around a long time. They deserve to uh, to have their shot at this. Right. Want to see one of them win. Well, let's let's um dive into some hands. Let's look at some hands. What we got yes. over there, Landy? We have some actual. There's this game within the game, and then there's just the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we I talked like about the game on top of the game. Yeah. I'm here for At the, the game, At the end of the man. day, it is poker. It is poker, so it I is. gave Guapo a list of hands that I wanted to briefly talk about with the panel here. Uh, we can start with this one. This is the first hand that we saw. Uh, Fedor with the 10-9 off, Charlie with the ace-king. Mm-hmm. I think the idea, like, we'll kind of let them talk to, like, try to find ways to get in between where Charlie goes to the 3-bet, super standard, pure 3-bet every time. You, I'm sorry. Actually, can we just hold for one second? I guess we can pause when we need to. Just give me one second of your. What are the like pre-flop? What are the hands you like? Kind of want to bucket into your like limps, your raises. So there's a bunch of different ways you can take it. Like you can have a limp strategy at 100, but you don't necessarily need it. Like I play effectively near raise or fold pre because there's no ante. Right. Okay. No, that like, makes a big difference. It's a no ante heads up sit and go like straight classic sit and go. You can still have some folds pre. You don't have to limp. Uh, until you get shallow. When you get shallow, limping is definitely very important. Um, so roughly around 40, 30 big blinds, you can start playing limps. Otherwise, you can just play like min-raise and get away mm-hmm. with it. So when it comes to uh, big blind 3-bet at 100, you're going to want to have your high card offsuit. You're going to want to have uh, and your small suited. And they're almost near pure, like 5-4, 6-5, 6-7. These hands are very, very good 3-bets, like pure. As you can call it 4-bet if you get 4-bet, and they play very well and give you the board coverage that you need. And then the middly pairs, uh, I want to say it's about 8s and up are pure. 7s you can start mixing at 100. Okay. And then ace-9 off is like a pure 3-bet combo. And then ace-9 off plus, and then suited pink get in their pure as well. All right, sweet. Let's run that hand. There you go. I was just curious on like what the main your main strat would be in this I, thing. I thought it was immediately pretty interesting where... This first hand, Maria's like, oh, you got to fold. Fatal's got to fold. And 10-9 off is like 100 bigs deep, heads up. This is not 
not a fold to three bet hand, you know? Yeah. So it, immediately right off the bat, you're getting kind of a read that Maria is going to be tighter than average. Right, we can pause it for a second. So like even the 10 big blind three bet pre-flop uh, pre is very standard size. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, like 10 big blinds is a lot. I saw that and it, 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 at first I was like, oh, that seems big. And then I know Charlie knows what he's doing. So I'm like, that must be correct. You know, thinking, and then, yeah, so that's, well, it, it was a little jarring at first. You're like, well, okay, he's just going to go 10 bigs. Like yeah, you're heads 100 up, big blinds deep and you're, yeah. Heads up, out of position. You're going to change your three bet size depending on how many bigs you have, right? Because at some point, if you get shallower, you're uh -huh. going to play more of a polar range right. and you're going to go smaller. But when you're 100 bigs effective, you want to lower the SPR to some extent. And uh, you want to give button a bad price because mm -hmm. if they can peel in position, they have an advantage for the entire hand because they right. get to act last. Yeah, at, de at depth, they're just getting such a good price to call that you have to size up your three bets when when they have such a positional advantage. And then uh, Fedor calling pre with the 10-9 super standard. Sometimes you learn some things when you lose a couple hundred thousand dollars to a, a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> you get your pre-flop ranges down a little bit. <laughs> and it's interesting in the sense of uh, it's a different kind of format. It's not, you're not, you are decreasing the blinds every 20 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just you're playing 100 big blinds and then you're reloading. Right, so now you right, can think, oh, maybe right. ten nine is a little bit on the tighter side to fold, but is it worth it for stack preservation as I only get one shot at this and it's not mm -hmm. a best of three? Right. Dude, what is this call? Oh, so this call is very, very standard. He yeah. has a diamond yeah. and a backdoor straight draw. That's right. Your call. Hey, yeah. yeah, so Carly sure. so Charlie has a range bet uh, here for a quarter pot. Charlie goes about I think third or whatever, a little bit less. Do you think, Obviously good. Do you think Fedor uh, plays any raises on flop? If he did, this would be a hand that gets yeah, in there. Yeah, because that's what I, I think was thinking. I was probably, like, if he plays raises, this can raise. So so I know like uh, Guapo, like me, it was like, wait, what is this hand? like? And uh, me too. Like I'm like, okay, you know, 10 high. I understand you have the back doors. But is it very important that you have the two cards higher than the eight right yep. because because now now you can hit a 10 or a nine which mm -hmm. which now you beat all the eights and you so like if it's, if it's a different like if you have like if you have six seven with a seven yeah, of diamonds it, it you probably a don't lot. Pill, it matters right? a lot having right. having fold pre for the offsuit combos, okay yeah but right? I'm, I'm saying just in right but i mean like in this scenario on the flop like yeah like just being being a Having two cards higher than the middle card is very important yeah, right having the having that combination of two overs to second pair backdoor flush draw backdoor straight draw mm -hmm. against a small bet in position all of that just adds together to make this a hand that just shouldn't fold gotcha absolutely yeah. and um, i think fedor is going to play some raises here in position you're going to want to have a very select portion of range you're going to want to mm -hmm. have your bottom set uh low frequency middle sets and then your best ace x and then you want to have hands like this to get in there mm -hmm. because if you get clicked on you're folding out no equity you don't care yeah. right. right you're playing a polar raise strategy which is uh yeah I, super I, I would have thought that if fedor does have a raise strategy there on the flop this hand would raise at some frequency it might get in there a little bit it makes yeah. a lot of sense to me because you can you can bet and you can get him to like fold out offsuit broadways like you can there's a lot of broadway stuff in his range that three bets bets flop and then can't continue against a raise which yep. is really uh, and then us. if you go back to turn for a second charlie barrels a turn and fedor has a fold uh turn sizing here in theory like all the things i'm talking about just gonna be straight theory perspective not about whether or not charlie has juju reads or other exploitative juju ideas reads. i have no idea <laughs> but like in this spot 640 he has 1.7 million the only bet size you have here is geo2 yeah, the only is, bet size here, so they're about SPR two point five. So Geo two is six hundred, like, a little bit big, yeah, right? Six hundred feels a little big. So like four hundred. You want to go four hundred because now if Fedor calls, there's one point eight million in the pot, and yeah. he has one point one behind, so yeah. he's jamming yeah. for about sixty percent pot. Well, if Fedor calls, he would have one point three behind with one point eight in the 
if he bets 400, right? Because, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. 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 But Charlie bets 600, so it's a little right. bit bigger. There's double flush draw. Yeah. He's getting some protection and some value. I think I think a rule of thumb that I like to use, and I kind of this is a plug plug for my recent course on the site. I kind of talked about this in Keep It Simple. Yes. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, is that you don't usually want to go bigger than than Go2 on the turn, and in particular, Go2 is almost always going to be less than a third of what the effective stacks are so it's because if you bet if you bet um you know in this case if you have 1.1.8 million behind almost always if you bet more than a third of that 1.7 you're going to be creating a lower spr on the river than what you had on the turn so for the most part here i would just immediately say okay well if i have 1.7 million the biggest i can ever really consider betting is like 500 to 550 and then beyond that, I can say, okay, well, Go2 is actually a little bit smaller than that, so I'm just going to go 400, 450. What's like that. that course name you just dropped? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And where can you find that, LeManager? Golfwide.io. You already know. Back That's to it, right. Landon. <laughs> so Fedor has a fold, so nothing else to talk about. Right. No. But Fedor, if check two, would definitely be using his hand as a bluff. Yep. Like would, it's the bottom would. of your range that you float. Mm. So now when you get check two, you just have to you just have to rifle you it. You have that nice diamond, which means river diamond, you're just all in. River diamond, you're all in. Brick brick, you're still all in. You just pray and you hope that he has a Queens that has a really tough spot. It's heads up, man. You gotta go hard. Yeah, speaking of going hard, Charlie went a little bit too hard with this juju read. Yeah, this was this is weird, man. Like I don't even I think he just should fold turn, yep. honestly. Fedor Min, Charlie calls. Street by street, a six five. I mean, this yeah. is this is a standard call. Yeah. Standard call flop, pre flop is very standard yeah. for both. Fedor goes small, uh, goes twenty twenty-five percent. I I I was a little surprised to see Fedor go small here, but yeah, small I mean, pie okay, half pot pie connectedness okay. Yeah. In the in the it's probably there. bigger that... with a big blind ante because the big blind's gonna call a little bit wider with the ante. Yeah. But heads okay. up, you're already so wide as is. Yeah, might okay. just be okay. Uh, turn queen, Fedor is probably going to want to go for an overbet here. He did, didn't he? Uh, well, I think he did, but I think we'll he went one, one, 160 or something. Not sure. Let's see what he goes. One, 160, yeah. yeah. Sure. Overbet turn, yeah. Charlie's yeah. got a pure fold in theory. Like, he has no club, has no yeah. diamond. And he also has, like, the, the, the significance of the seven is kind of bad because a lot of Fedor's bluffs are going to contain a seven, like eight, eight seven, seven, nine, seven. That, nine, that sort of stuff. Like even just having the seven of hearts is, is bad here. So this was definitely a, a quote land and this was a juju read. This was um, juju read for sure. And when you try to do that on Fedor, surprise, surprise, you get wrecked. Yeah, Not the guy to juju read probably. No, probably He's played not. a lot of high stakes poker. He's been in a lot of high pressure spots. I'm sure he's going to yeah, get stuff away, but. He's pretty much one of the goats, you know, it's, it's hard to, hard to go wrong. My take with juju reads is if you have like some sort of conviction with uh, a hand that's normally indifferent and then you choose an action like you're not going to be losing very much yeah but then taking a hand like this and then peeling you could be losing tons yeah exactly and i, th I think also it's it's very relevant that you're you're going to get more physical reads on a player who's less experienced yep and you're going to get very very few to none against a player who has played against the elite of the world for seven years. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, River, four of diamonds, backdoor flush comes in. It's relevant, but not that relevant in the mm -hmm. sense of Fedor's hand is still a very clear value bet. And then we can talk about, is he going to be splitting sizes or choosing one? So I want to um, talk about Charlie's decision. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Char it, looked like Charlie, <laughs> it looked like Charlie was thinking about leading here. 
Do you like that? I don't think he was actually going to lead. I think he was doing some presence the, to try to get Fedor to check oh, back. He was doing the juju meta of, uh, of tank check. That's like, that's Charlie like level knows one meta really, though. They, like, they do the jewel all the time. They yeah, grab their like chips because they want to <laughs> check That back. thing where like as soon as when the river comes out and then they like grab their chips like yeah. defensively. Yeah. Yeah. If you bet every time, they're just always full. It's like the 80 year old man just like. Yeah, right. They Don't do that. Don't you bet? I yeah. check. They, right, and they look like they have their hand there, like they're ready to call a bet if you bet. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. they, you bet, and then they're like, "Fuck, he actually bet. I, I fold." <laughs> when, you think, <laughs> when you think about it theoretically, uh, Fedor is going to be barreling some double diamond draws, where Charlie's not going to be check calling all of them, mm -hmm. especially versus an overbet. Uh, so Fedor's going to have a little bit more flushes, I would imagine, and you don't really want to lead when the opponent has. Uh, both range and not advantage. Yeah, Fedor is also going to have straights that Charlie won't have because a lot of Charlie's straight draws will raise either flop or turn. Mm -hmm. So Fedor on the river, he could probably choose a couple different options in the sense of does he want to play a B50 and an overbet strat? Does he want to play one size B67? I think one size B67 makes the most sense. Just protect yourself and not try to get too tricky where he's going to have this hand and getting piled on and be really, really annoying. Yeah. And... Uh, you just go for thin value, not thin value, but it's a hand that you would consider folding if you got jammed on, mm -hmm. which kind of puts it in the thin value bucket. Yeah. And you still get called by ace X with the diamond. You get called by queen X with the diamond. Still get called by worst two pairs, of course. But if you do get piled on, you definitely rather have ace king with a diamond than ace six with no diamond. What what size did he go? Did he, didn't he go like B80 or something? Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. B67, B80. I, I, I kind of thought, yeah, one, one size in that area would probably be pretty good. Yeah. Because um, there's a kind of a natural amount behind where, you know, when Charlie jams, like you obviously just call all your flushes. You probably call a lot of your, your best, like two pairs and straights that have a diamond. And then uh, there's a lot of one pair that you can still just bet fold, like a lot of ace X and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, when you split and you go like half pot and then an over bet, it becomes really tricky because now figuring out like what hands are going to go half pot call what hands are going to go over bet fold like it just becomes it becomes really complicated it becomes a little bit spooky and you also want to have some bluffs in your range that aren't necessarily good blocker candidates like mm -hmm. you miss clubs yeah you're still going to want to bet but you don't want to over bet them as your hand stinks to go for the right. bigger size exactly so i think mixing or not playing a mix and playing a one size strategy makes the most amount of sense for me and mm -hmm. then taking a6 very clearly in the value bucket yeah and if, uh, it gets paid by six seven no diamond if burke was here he'd be he'd be going two sizes he's mr two sizes in, in a lot of spots yeah, he's two size bro we can we can talk shit about two size bro he's not here playing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right uh, we gotta so talk shit on Berkey. here's one so charlie goes for the limp pre i think this is one that some people might miss and go for a raise but limping yeah. here is very very good as you allow fedor to put the money in himself yeah limp call is, is uh, like the nuts here 15 bigs. So Fedor's got about a little bit less than 15 bigs, yeah. and it's a lot. People would love to kind of say, oh, I have an ace. I should be all in. But ace nine is too good for that, and you want to yeah. use the lower ones. Ace deuce, ace three, ace four, ace trappy, five. Trappy, And you kind of sneak with the ace nine as you just have enough equity, and Fedor is obviously good enough to put in some hands that sometimes people might check back. Like some suited hands are supposed to just pile it in, mm -hmm. and then some hands are supposed to just go uh What would be an example raise. of a suited hand that piles it in here? I want to say... I want to say like this, it's weird and I it's unintuitive. Like seven, six suited kind of gets in there as like a raise call off. Cause like hands like Jack 10 would just raise. Hands like Jack 10 would We're, just raise. We, we looked at this recently. Mm -hmm. Correct. And you want to use middly suited cards to try to get the higher offsuit stuff, the limb traps I, to fold. I like think some of the eights. jams are going to be like your king three suited and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like stuff that has uh, the ability to get Fedor to occasionally, oh sorry, to get Charlie to occasionally limp fold like a, a king six or something. And also opens up some of the the middle card limp folds 
like opens up a lot of those like nine eight off limp folds yeah. i think some of those suited kings and queens might work well. what you uh realize when you're playing at shallower stack depths is off suit needs more protection and money now yes with suited hands you can play much more passively pre as they have better uh playability post-flop mm -hmm. like the equity retention stays right. very very high yeah yeah swap flush draws and Backdoor, yeah, well, backdoor flush draws a lot too. There's there's a lot of stack depths where in certain specific lines, like our offsuit, uh, our range, our jamming range is like low pairs and offsuit aces, exclusively almost. You yep. Know? Um, and then the suited stuff is either going to call or it's going to three bet call or whatever else. And then Fedor with the king queen off, very standard jam because it's yep. offsuit. King queen suited, he would never pile. Trivial. Um, he would just three x. He would just yeah. raise and then call off, of course. Exactly. And then offsuit, king jack, king queen off. King 10 off, good hands, just go for it. Mm -hmm. And then you take your low offsuit ace X and then your ace X off and just put the money in. And this is the first hand of Charlie versus Maria. A very, uh, what a start. What a start to their match. This was a, this wild, was a wild hand, man. Yeah, so here's, very first here's hand. an interesting, they got, uh, they're at 10K, 20K as a starting blind? Yeah. Yep. Or, yep. Same okay. starting stack and Charlie went a little okay. bit smaller on his three bet. Oh, it was raised three bet. Okay. Yeah, it was I raised three bet. Was, I thought it was limp ISO and I was going to say, I thought Charlie's, if, if, this, if this was a really big ISO, I was going to be like, that's kind of good. I like that. Big ISO was good too. It went um, raised three bet. Yeah, yeah it went 40K. So small three bet is a little weird, but it's okay. Yep. So like, I would still go 10 big blind standard, right? Mm -hmm. First hand in the match of 100 bigs would go for three bet. And king queen off might be a hand that you're uncomfortable to play facing a four bet, but it's shallower, uh, st like shallower SPRs in heads up high card offsuit mm -hmm. is better than suited small yeah so if you get four bet with king queen off you have a pure call and yeah. if you have a hand like six five suited you actually want to fold it um, right but a hundred bigs deep mm -hmm. after a four bet the four bet's gonna be two and a half x versus the yeah three bet. yeah I guess. yeah so I, I anyway think... yeah so sorry charlie c bets flop maria calls super standard stuff mm -hmm. charlie barrels the turn uh goes for b 75 looks like right yeah, yeah, something in that There's area. There's 500 in there. You bet 350. Yep. Mm -hmm. Heads up. Queen X too good. Maria just has another standard call. <clears throat> like Charlie size on flop and turn. And then... And then uh, time gate. <laughs> time bank gate. Time gate. Forget gate happened. Nah, it's, not even, it's not even a gate, really. It's just... I, I think Maria probably would have ended up with a call, but she ran out of time uh, she immediately uh, said she was like i was gonna probably call yeah like she she was I mean, it's hard to fold how do you fold this yeah it's it's uh you got three of, queens heads up it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy that like she would have lost if she'd actually called and then she goes on the run good and win you know it's it's absurd it's it great was, uh, it look man crazy. i've folded three queens heads up before uh may or may not have been in the 25k heads up top eight and I got punished for it. He bluffed me. You got R E K T. Yeah, I got wrecked. Yeah. So Charlie goes for a jam. I think jam is very, very good here. Yeah. And his analysis in real time as he's talking to her says, I think you got a nine. And I don't think you have a queen because you would have called already. But the point is he's going to have jack 10. He's going to have king jack. He's going to have some hands like ace eight suited potentially. Right. That are potentially three bet pre. So he's going to have a lot of bluffs here. And he needs to balance that by actually having value. And it's weird when you're kind of on the lines of being a redliner where you're going to jam here a lot with the bluff. And when you do it for uh, thick, thicker value, you're kind of like, I don't expect them to call as much. Yeah. But in this spot, you just kind of have to go for it. If Maria has a hand like 9-8 suited, she just has to put the chips in. And she also just can easily have like queen 10 and stuff. You know? Yeah, just, just has worse value. There's a lot of trivial calls here. And if, he, if she has ace queen, if she has a full house, like that's the game. Right. That's the game. You just have to it's be just, all in. It's heads up poker. 100 big blinds, trips. Like, you're all in, you know? Yep. Um, 
But you wouldn't be pick any other size than Nolan here if you're Charlie. Uh, I don't no. think there's any reason I to. I think there's two sizes. Like, you can potentially play a block size. Uh, maybe you're going to want to have some hands to do that. Like, if you have quads, you're probably not going to want to jam. Yeah. Um, and then mostly play jam and have, like, a small block range for the, my worst bluffs and then just, like, really nutted hands. Okay. Uh, maybe, like, I don't want to use nines full. What would you say your worst bluffs would be? Uh, if you look back at the board. It's queen of hearts, nine of hearts, five, six. Yeah. You probably give up with a hand like Jack-10 suited. I think you just mm -hmm. pure check it. Your hand's too weak to bet and you want Maria to have Jack-10 in her hand. So you don't really want to be using hands that interact in that sort of capacity, but you do want to have some good Queen X blocks. I think you want to have, like, there's going to be, like, some Jack-8 and stuff as well. Jack-8 will be a good Jack one. Jack-8's a good one. King-8 eight. Eight. King eight offsuit would do bet preflop. King-8 suited mostly calls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because getting four bet would suck if you have King-8 suited. You're probably going to have, like, some King-Jack that you can maybe use. King-Jack um, no heart's going to be better than King-Jack yeah. with the heart on the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. You, you basically don't want to have a heart, but you, you want to ideally have an 8. You don't really want to have... Well, I guess you can you can have a ten or a jack because the the fact that you block some stuff is offset is offset yeah. by the fact that you block or a few queen. combos of queen jack and yeah. queen ten and stuff. But you don't really want to have jack ten specifically because then you block too much. So yeah, having jack eight, ten eight, that stuff kind of kind of is pretty good. There's also like some there's probably some low frequency weird stuff like seven four and things like that. Th th those are going to be in there. I'm not sure if you want to use like a hand like seven five as a triple, like blocking oh, bottom so set, like take blocking a, take a straight a block. Just eat it off. Yeah. Potentially. I'm not mm -hmm. too sure because your hand's really good heads up. Yeah. Even it, in three it bets. It's really bet. hard to, because like when you, when you bet turn when you like B70 or whatever it was, seven five on the turn, you're super indifferent versus a jam, which kind of sucks. Yeah. So like, I feel like that handy, the checks turn or it, it, Maybe he checks flop even sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't say that this board is a range bet by any means for out of position. Doesn't like, feel like the it. queen is very, very good for the defender, mm -hmm. as they're always going to be calling with suited queens and offsuit queen. Like ace queen mostly is going to play a call here. Yeah, and king queen suited is never going to four bet. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a lot of the higher cards like the aces and the kings. I was going to say that. I think that I, I actually felt looking at the flop. I feel like we. When we bet small, like nothing is really indifferent, you know, like very few hands have a tough decision against a small bet. They just have like a lot of continues. Yep. The double Broadway boards for sure for the out of position three better are going to play potter check. Mm. So the board's queen 10, five flush draw. You definitely play potter check That's interesting. is what you're talking about makes mm -hmm. sense, right? You're trying to make pocket yeah. eights be indifferent for them. Mm -hmm. Where if you go small, they just have very easy decisions right. and they're kind of connected towards that queen high, like jack nine, jack eight suited type mm -hmm. stuff. Where if you go big, you now give them really tough and a, decision. A noteworthy thing there as well is if you're playing in a, if you're in a regular, like nine handed, six handed game, whatever, and you're in a three bet pot, and pot, you have pocket eights as the in-position player, and you face a small bet on queen ten five. You're you're indifferent even against a small bet there. In fact, you're going to fold a lot because of the two overs. But heads up, the ranges are so wide that if you have a, if you face a small bet with pocket eights on queen ten five, you can't fold anymore, right? Because you're up against a range that includes so much trash. So now, as the three better. In order to make eights indifferent, you actually have to bomb it for pot instead of just betting small because your range is so wide, you just can't apply pressure with a small bet anymore. Yep. And then have, on the um, end, uh, River... I have, a, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. Charlie would like that one. Charlie would like that. Go ahead. It's funny because me and Charlie talked about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Maria was always folding. I think... Um, is it about how 9-11 was an inside job? Charlie would love that one. <laughs> this is part it's, of her tanking it's, it's, it's getting strategy? off the rails now. I think she was always folding. And instead of being called a nit or that she played the hand incorrectly, 
She oh, has an out by saying, conspir- oh, oh, I forgot I to forgot put the chip the in. Chip. I think mm. that if that was the case, she would have never... Maria put, has she, made some pretty big laydowns. She has, but I think if that was the case, she would have never wasted gold coins on it. Because you have to pay for that time bank. Right. So she would have just let the original one run out and not pay for her time bank. Yeah, using the coins like, is more investment. Yeah, just mm-hmm. act like she didn't realize. Well, maybe at the time she was still thinking about it, yeah, but I mean, then when she made her decision that she was going to fold, she just let it run. I mean, out. I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty with said, the oops. fact that she said she was going to call, and I'm pretty sure she was going to call. Yeah, her. I, so I, she like, didn't forget the time chips the first time, but she forgot it the second time. Yeah, is what we're saying. I right. think just got lost in translation. Like she and yeah. Charlie were still talking. What do I have? What do you think yeah. I well, have? That sounds like a thing. I, I mean, I, I buy the idea that it was more of a, like a bit of a nit roll almost. Like she was like, she was genuinely thinking about it, but she, she probably would have ended up at a call, but she was just like, she some part of her wanted to fold because she does have those instincts to be tighter. I Man, think. it's so tough when you're playing somebody like Charlie who's just going to find enough piles yeah. here anyways. And, yeah. like, the meta of it being the very first hand of the match. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that the funny part about that is like it shouldn't matter, right? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't but it, it, does. it does. Yeah, there's it does. like there's an element of like I really don't want to bust on the first hand, right? You know? um, so yeah, it's the, like because uh, I guess we can pause it for a second. I guess like to put a note on it, it's a really tough one when I'm sure Maria knows in theory three queens in this spot doesn't fold, right? But also trying to deviate from theory versus somebody that definitely bluffs enough. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be a recipe for disaster, disaster exactly. if you're mm-hmm. playing enough hands. That being said, too, it's a format where at some point the stacks do get shallower and they do get shorter. But at the same time, like at some point, you just got to put the chips in. And if he's got it better than three queens somehow, he's got better than three queens somehow. No, <laughs> he didn't have better than three queens. Maybe, uh, maybe Maria yeah. just had a juju read on Charlie. <laughs> Yep. So Maria, okay, so this one is just a preflop one, uh, what we were talking about before with the suited cards. So Maria goes for the raise with ace-king off is good. He jams 20 here, right? And then Charlie piles. Which, it was for 20? Uh, a little, yeah, 20, 24? 24, yeah. 24, yeah. yeah, this is too much. It's just a pure call. It's, it's a little too much. It's a pure call because it plays too well. How many, mm. Where? what's your jam line here? Like with, with suited stuff, nothing like this. Like jack 10's too good, queen jack's too good. Um... <clears throat> Offsuit is mostly going to be where it's from. Ace queen off, very good hand to jam. Mm-hmm. Um, ace jack off, great hand to jam. And you're going to want to use small pairs. You're never going to find a queen jack jam for 24. Queen here. jack off, no. Too weak. Mm, yeah. You want to have high card, the like high card, ASX, low card connection. High, low, ace X. You're yeah. going to want to have small pairs that retain equity, but do very badly on flops. Right. Right? Like you have deuces, yeah. uh, threes, and the flop comes jack six four. How do you win? Right. But exactly. if you just see that you're facing ace king pre, get the money in, also get the raise folds as well, yep. you're going to be doing just in fine. A, in a very sense. simple way, you can look at it as if you jam queen jack, they never fold king queen, but they never call jack 10. So yeah. it just like there's two different ways in which it sort of ends up sucking. Makes sense. Yeah, and obviously it's gonna be fine in the sense of the equity you have, and like, it's a mistake in relation to the best possible option. Right, but it's probably losing like a point one big blind or something. Yeah, here's an interesting one. So Charlie this goes for line. the limp check with the seven four of diamonds, and they are about eighteen effective at this point. You think Maria's hand just jams pre, or is it too good? I think it's one of those hands that you can go big ISO call off. Oh, well, so you yeah. go like seven X. Those are the, that that. Those are the ones that like it really feels dirty doing that. Like it feel it feels so you awkward. feel dumb. Do yeah. We, do we like this flop decision to just check call? I like check calling as it's possible. Charlie might have some jack X and then like 
playing a click is kind of annoying and getting jammed on potentially. Well, Jack, Jack 10 3 Rainbow. Yeah, I think I'll just call it too much equity. Maybe raise mm -hmm. 9 8 off. Okay. Like nine it off, no no backdoor flush draw. Backdoor yeah. flush draw, pretty good. I like I like check calling with the backdoor because then when you turn the backdoor, you get to check rip a lot. And it's yeah, really nice. But when we turn the absolute nothing, how do you feel? Well, it depends on sizing. So if we go back to the turn, and this was kind of the interesting part of the hand, Charlie yeah. goes for a huge bet here. He goes 500k. Really yeah. And the uh, 320, right? Right. We're now, if Maria calls, there's going to be 1.3 in the pot. And she's going to have 900 behind, right? So mm -hmm. it's a little bit, it's not GO2 sizing, um, which I think would be used in this spot to play the same bet size on the turn and the river. So when you're all in, it might be about 80%, 80% instead of mm -hmm. the 150%, 80%. But Juju Magic Charlie is probably going for the turnover <laughs> fold, which he got. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he has equity. If he gets piled on, he knows it's probably not going to be a bluff. And he can just fold his diamonds. And he can also leverage maximum fold equity on the turn. And probably give up River if he breaks. Do so you think she ever has a shove? With her hand? Yes. I would say no. Yeah. You I need to have the combo draw. You need to have the, right. the turn. You have to have extra equity. And I think what's really interesting about that spot is Fedor in real time said like, oh, you probably have to call here. And I think he might be right because I think in theory, the, the crazy thing about these spots is when you're facing a really big overbet like that, you're like nine high is supposed to be the best hand sometimes, right? Like nine high is supposed to actually be winning against exactly the type of hand that Charlie has. And so some small frequency, it's supposed to go, you call nine high, you miss, and it goes check, check, and you win. Like, that's supposed to happen. But the problem is that it's really hard in practice to actually identify, like, oh, yeah, sometimes I get to win with nine high here, right? Which is why it's really hard to actually make these theoretical plays. Yep, and it's not just about having nine high, but also the ability to lead specific rivers, too. That, too. That gives yeah. you some chance to mm -hmm. win on the end as well, where if the river's a 10, where Charlie's not going to be overbetting with a second pair, Maria's going to call it. Yeah. You're going to have some leads, and nine high might get in there for that. Yeah, this, this is another interesting one coming up here with Andy and Maria. Um, yeah, size is a little bit... Uh, Botched, but we can talk about it. Yeah, the sizing is a little wonky oh, from, yeah. from both players in a couple of spots, I think. Yep. Um, so this is single raise pot, uh, raise call. Andy goes for the 75% pot, which is pretty good. Yep. Uh, I would mostly always go B75 here. Uh, can have some over bets, but if I'm playing one size, I would go one bet 75 and check. <clears throat> and the turn is the offsuit, ace of clubs. Fedor saying 20% of the time, comes in every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how to run like Fedor. Hand's not um, over. Hand is not over, yeah. Uh, it's and, only just begun. Andy's bet here on the turn seemed weird to me. Yeah, so he ended up choosing a hedge of 90,000, mm -hmm. which I think you have small bets and big bets if you want. I mm -hmm. would only play the massive over better check, right? Because an ace is such a high leverage turn for the in-position raiser mm -hmm. that if I have ace-king, we need all the money, man. So you're you're playing like... Like B200 or check or something? I think or? I would play mostly like 200%, like 170% pot or check. Okay. Maybe have some custom like 30% uh, uh, sizes just to have a 10x as well. Do you think this is custom? Like the 40% size he goes with here? This feels custom. Yeah. This feels like a custom bet. That's I, what it felt I'm like. On to you, <laughs> it, it, I'm on to you, Andy. I'm on to you, Andy. It felt like, you know, Andy plays a lot of cash. He's probably accustomed to playing against players where the custom sizing works well. He probably doesn't think Maria is going to really punish that custom sizing. Um, Explain custom sizing. Just means basically a sizing that's not theoretically correct, but kind of suits your hand in the moment. Gotcha. Like where... Very hand play. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You're basically not... You know you're not balanced 
but you're doing it because you feel like you can get away with an exploit based on what you're having. Uh, I mean, pause it here. Go, uh, go back up. Oh, sorry. Real quick. They were talking about like how she was playing tight. Yeah. yeah, so, so I think that's maybe where the custom bet comes in. Yeah. Because it's just like, all right, whatever. I just need to put a bet out here. Right. But I, I also think it like it doesn't make sense to do that and then call the check raise yeah. with a hand that blocks all the right. bluffs so if that's, that's the reason you Let's do go it. back to the board. So turn ace of clubs, uh, Andy goes 90, and the Maria raises 3x, where this raise size needs to be bigger. Yeah. Right. When you check raise here, you have to be polar. And once again, like when you're choosing polar strategies, geometric two is going to come into play. So, so she, she, needs went, she went three and a half. She needs to go like... 90, she goes 270, right? Yeah. It was 80. He, he bet, bet, his he bet, bet was 80. Nine, he bet 80 on... No, he bet... Yeah, he bet 80 on the turn. She bet 270. So. Okay. She bet 80, she goes 270. But the issue is the sizing here doesn't set up for a river all in. Right. That's the thing. She needs to go like 450 or something. <clears throat> you have to go huge. Yeah. Really, really big. And you want to use jack nine. You want to use your flush draws. You want to use a hand like... I don't know if she's going to have it. She probably might uh, for like call it custom ranges pre like four or five suited mm -hmm. four or five of hearts if she doesn't do better pure yeah that's a hand you also want to use you right. want to use equity you want to use pair blocks plus flush draws like three four of hearts mm -hmm. very good hand for it and then your top end value like ace eight right and then your uh, your sets that you don't check raise on I, flop i think this is a, a mistake that people make pretty often where they're check raising the turn and they just go with like a, a standardized like multiple of mm -hmm. the bet right instead mm -hmm. of thinking about it in terms of i want to be able to jam the river yep and that's really, really important because if you if you're check raising the turn at a deep enough SPR that your turn turn bet size is mattering, like you have to make it so that you can jam rivers and get value. Like if you cost yourself the ability to get stacks in on river, like Maria kind of did in this spot, like it really counts for your EV. Uh, I don't know if she was trying to get stacks in now. Well, she should have been. As, as the river comes. She been. <laughs> uh, and then we can, I guess, look at Andy's hand on the turn. You know, it's a really tough one, right? And that's kind of why. Uh, pause it, please. Uh, so we go. We go. So. We'll start with Andy's decision facing check raise. It's a little bit tough even getting raised in this spot too. Yeah. Especially when they were talking as well, having the post commentary of uh, Andy and I think it was DW saying like Maria doesn't uh, attack these enough. Mm -hmm. And then Andy still peels. Yeah. yeah he was mm -hmm. he, he, they, he were, was they were literally just talking about it. So he was kind of frustrated about the, right. the situation. Like, I, I think his Andy's hand in particular, having the Queen of Hearts is so bad. Like it's yeah. you want it, her it, to have that hand. Yeah. Or that card. You, you like especially if you were to to order her bluffs in terms of how likely she is to have them. The most likely bluffs are going to be like the queen nine of hearts type stuff. Mm -hmm. Queen jack of hearts queen doesn't jack do it. So <laughs> all of the stuff that has the queen of hearts in it is the, the most likely stuff for her to bluff with. So it's just it's the worst card to have in your hand for her. Perhaps this is a naive question, but him having the queen of hearts, can't he turn his hand into a bluff on the river if the heart comes? I uh, that That is a, Possible. a possibility. And I actually think that if Maria had bet the river, it would have been a really good spot for Andy to jam. I, I was curious if that would have happened. If, if she I bets like half pot on river, he jams. Like I, I have high confidence he would have gone for it because I think Andy's the kind of player who would would figure out like this is a great hand to just rip it in. It's a good. It's very like live pro esque type of yeah. idea, right? River comes jack of hearts, I mean, and he's like, I don't win facing a check raise on the turn, right. but my hand also doesn't function well as a small bet to make her mm -hmm. make her bluff catch a mace. I don't. I don't think that Andy when he called the check raise on turn was just like. My hand, like, I have a good hand, I'm calling. I think he had, like, devious intentions. I mean, well, sometimes you turn equity, right? Hand's not over. Yeah. I think I think if that's the case, I, I think there's actually, like, a surprising argument for him to bet this river. Um, okay. Because I think a lot of the time when Maria check raises turn and then checks this river, I think she's going to have, a like, 
uh, a two pair like an eight three or something, or she's gonna have like a bluff that rivered a jack or something like that, right? Okay. I think she's gonna have very yeah. few straights. I think she's gonna have a couple of two pairs, probably very little ace x. Um, and I think a lot of the time, if you just if you just like pot it <laughs> on that river. She kind of hates life. It's definitely a spot uh, in theory where Maria uh, has very few, if not no, king queen. Right. Right. Even mm -hmm. like called custom paint over theory practice where king yeah. queen suited three bets pre, king queen offsuit mostly three bets pre, but she might call it sometimes. But then finding the turn check raise is going to be very, very tough, as well as now checking river after making your hand. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is a spot where Andy can open, raise, Bet the turn, even if it's custom size or not. We don't know if he's only mm -hmm. using one size or not. And then on the river, have a straight and go for it because he has all of the king queens and she right. has none. Mm -hmm. yeah. So his hand does do very well with the two pair block as well yeah. to go for a 2x pot all in yeah. and say, I have king queen, do something about it. Right, mm -hmm. he can do that. He can do that. So what, the, do you, yeah. what do you think about uh, Murray's check on the river? Yeah, so river check, I'm a little bit suspicious about in the sense of if you're targeting one pair ace-x when Andy calls, he's always going to bet better hands than yours. Yeah. So you're missing value on the ace-queen, the ace-king, right. that's not going to be able to value bet himself mm -hmm. and has to check back because where's his targets? It, right. just, it just struck me as if I bet and I get jammed on, I don't know what to do, therefore I check. This struck me as fear check. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it that's makes sense kind of because on the, on the river... She's aware that Andy can have king queen. Andy can still have all the sets, like all mm -hmm. the high sets. Andy can still have better two pairs. Queen and nine, is it okay to do that seven. in the moment? But like, say you're like, I, I don't know what I would do if I jam, so I simplify my strategy by just I, checking. I think. Like, it, you understand that you're probably going to lose EV by doing I it. I think it's the opposite. I think that I think it's actually a really big mistake to miss value bets on account of not knowing what to do against the jam. I think you're better off just betting, and then if the jam happens, then you decide. Mm -hmm. I think that is what you should do. And also, because of the turn check raise size, River does not set up for her to have a jam. The biggest yeah. size mm -hmm. she'll probably have here is roughly 75% pot. And right. Don't mm -hmm. we just like smash all of his, a lot of his value too outside of King Queen and Queen Nine? Like he's going to have some two. Yeah, I mean, here. he can have Jack 10, yeah. like stuff like that. Jack 8. No, probably not Jack 8, but like this, this Jack 10, it's not much else because like Ace Jack, Ace 10, we lose two. And you know, but you also beat the worst. Uh, if you go back to the board for a second, you still have there's some still some worse. Ace eight, three, right? Ten eight three. Yeah, ace so you jack. still beat yeah. ace three. Ace three. Yeah, ace three. Right. Okay, yeah. And ace three is mm -hmm. still going to value bet like for you, if you will. But there's way too many combos of offsuit potential ace king, ace queens. Yeah. If he's only choosing this one size yeah, of like custom. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 80k. I think Maria should bet like based on her turn size. I think on this river, you, you bet like 500. 550. Yeah, you, bet, you bet 500, and if he jams, like you just figure it out in the moment. Yeah, I mean in theory you would call. Right, it's yeah, just yeah. one of the best hands you ever have here. Right, like it's this and Ace Ten. Yeah, and then like because you don't check a set mm -hmm. on the end probably, so right. you have to defend with something. Mm -hmm. This is kind of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely interesting from like a hand play perspective. So I kind of wanted to bring it up, but sure. in like theoretical vacuum, hand probably goes like flop. Andy goes big back call turn potentially check check river. Uh, Maria goes for value, and then Andy might consider calling or turning his hand into a bluff mm -hmm. because of the king-queen factor. Mm -hmm. So this, this is the last next, hand that we have. This next one was actually a really interesting one, I thought. I, I was a little surprised that... Raise call, wait, look, raise oh, call pre, oh. king-10 suited, pure three-bet. Yeah. Mm. Wait, how deep are they now, though? About 75. Oh, they're still at 100 bigs. Okay. A little bit deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think this hand pure three bets still. Yeah, this feels like pure three bets. But this kind of goes back to the king-jacks and the king-queens mm -hmm. where the queen-heart's not that great. Like, we have kind of proof is in the... Uh, yeah, Andy goes half pot. 
um, that feel that it's seems just a little big. big. It's interesting on a paired board, but I feel like maybe heads up, it actually makes a little more sense than it would in some spots, just because you now are uh, pause, please turn. Yeah, there's because there's so much stuff that in a heads up spot is actually just not indifferent anymore against a small bet and just has a trivial continue like. Almost all of Maria's like good queen highs and stuff just have to call against a small bear here, so maybe half pot does make a little more sense. I like. I think half pot's too big, and you just go small because you've. It's the ranges are too wide where you want to force your opponent to have tough spots. Yeah, that makes and sense. most of their range is going to have a tough spot versus quarter where they have to play heavy check raise, like mm -hmm. heavy heavy check raise, and this is something that call it potential old guard versus new guard where new guard is so much more aware of denying equity mm -hmm. and winning when you're out of position versus the old guard potential reverse float type stuff of yeah. mm -hmm. i have the best hand i'm hoping to make a better one reverse float mm -hmm. making a comeback yeah bring yeah. back the reverse float because matt's bringing not here back the, the concepts <laughs> um so king 10 in this spot definitely needs to call half but i would just go quarter here and force her to play check raises with the hand like ace of diamond or ace of hearts deuce yeah right ace of hearts four these hands have to find ways to either play check call or check raise to have some sort of equity denial as well as put Andy in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, Ace of Hearts deuce is like almost a value check raise here, you know, because yeah. you're getting you're getting floated by King High, you know, like you're getting called by the King of Hearts seven. You might know, be a little like too that. wide, but then theory might find some spots to double it off, triple it mm -hmm. off. Um, so then Andy bets ninety k on the turn, so he goes like half pot. I think I'll go bigger. I would go B75, yeah. go 75% pot, wrap a jack. It's funny. I, I don't know who it was that said, who he, I think it was Charlie said she folds ace deuce to this size. Like that feels like, yeah. that's like disrespect levels of like thinking <laughs> your opponent's a nit. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, like she, she, he thinks she's folding ace high on the turn to like a, a less than half pot bet here. It's like, come on, bro. Like, she, you know, she, she called king high. So like evidently she's not that tight, you know, right. like I think that's, um, it, like if she does fold ace high, 90k is going to print on the turn. But I think realistically, I, I prefer like 150 or higher. Yeah. yeah so you want to make them want to fold. You have to make you have to make t spots tougher with the high card portion of range. You, you need mm -hmm. to make people in, in like indifferent. Yeah. And, and they're not. This is not much of an indifferent spot, I'd imagine. I think you just have to kind of put the put the chips in and, and see what happens. Because yeah. there's so many hands that in Maria's range that can call just like drawing to a check. You know, like king high, like exactly what she had. She's calling to either improve to a king or a 10, or if Andy gives up on a bluff, she knows she wins at a high rate, and that's exactly what happens. And this is kind of the big issue of playing out of position and playing check-call poker. Mm -hmm. right? When you're playing check-call poker, you put yourself in these spots all the time. Mm -hmm. where well, yeah, once you start playing, you just can't stop. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. River's yeah. a queen, and she checks, and then Andy's got the eight high, where you have no heart interaction, you have... No showdown value. This is kind of one of those hands that wants to go into the half pop bluffing size. As your hand kind of stinks and you have nothing, you can maybe go, if you're one size striding, going B75, can still value better jack, right? Maria's mm -hmm. not going to have that many queens. If she has queen X of hearts, God bless. Um, and then you also make some bottom pairs on the flop indifferent as well. Here's, as here's an interesting question. Um, with Maria's hand, like, obviously we beat bluffs. So how big of a size are you calling on the river, if any? <laughs> <laughs> probably not much i think i'll just fold right hope for the feels, check check yeah. i would never call okay. a bet here on the end because it, it feels like the kind of hand that's like yeah theoretically we beat when he checks back but it also it makes sense to put this in the range of like we're folding to any bet because you just have you have ace highs that can call like some medium sizes you still have a six sometimes you still have a queen sometimes does ace high jack. 
not check back though in Andy's spot. He's in the spot, yeah, but Andy's gonna bluff like ten highs and stuff. So when Maria has ace high, you Oh, yeah, oh, okay. oh I'm saying because yeah. I was saying like her king high, I feel like is pretty strong. Well, well because... that's what I was that's what I was saying. Like uh, yeah, okay. it, you beat you Sorry. beat some bluffs, but it's also it's not strong enough in range to form a bluff catcher unless you think Andy's like wildly. Like you have there. better yeah. bluff. You, right. you have exactly. better bluff catchers, and a big part of poker is allowing yourself the ability to fold. Mm -hmm. Right? She just has bottom, and if she faces the bet, so be it. Right. She was hoping for the check, which somehow came in, and like you got some EV back. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't think like that. They don't think like they just think like, oh, this is like a bluff catcher, and I beat bluffs with this hand. They don't think about the other portion of their range of like, well, I also have all these other hands that are much better bluff catchers that I will be in a situation with at a different. Yeah, and I think a, a big choose part to of, fold this one and call with those a, ones. A, a big part of that, I think, is is people not like it. It's partly they lose visibility over the whole of their range, but they also they're not structuring their ranges on the early streets in such a way <laughs> that they allow themselves to to do that. So, for example, like if you check raise a six every single time on the flop it now becomes much more important that you don't fold as many of your bluff catchers on this river because you just don't have any you don't have a six to defend right. right so you now have to if you're building your whole strategy you have to have some sixes that check call you have to have uh another another example here is you have to have some hands that have a queen in them right if you never check call like if, if you're just like folding king queen high here or if you always check raise with like queen x of hearts or something if you check raise every single flush draw you can never get here with a queen which now means that on the river the strongest hand you can ever have is a jack and if the strongest hand you can ever have is a jack that's a very different spot to if you can have some sixes and some queens so when the strongest hand you can ever have is a jack like you might have to call some king highs but if you can have some sixes and some queens you don't have to call king highs. Right. This is kind of the big the big deal between uh, theoretical baselines and practical knowledge is knowing what your range actually looks like in the moment mm -hmm. versus what the theoretical range looks yeah. like. Yeah, and the, the other thing as well is that if you never have a six here, you can never check jam anything on the river. So Andy doesn't have to worry about facing a check jam when he value bets. So you can just yeah. fold range. Facing right, he jam. can fold every single... Well, I mean, he can, but it just it never happens, right? Like yeah. if you have... If you have no value that can check jam the river, you can't bluff either. Which makes it right. only, which funny enough, when it's harder to find the bluffs, you can only find the value bet. So it'll be slow played 6x, right? Yeah. Like slow played 6-3, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's only a full house, but where's your bluff? Right, exactly. 3-4? Now, like, I, I think in there's some spots there where like people will find themselves like bet folding a 6, right? Because they just don't have bluffs. They're just, if they if they folded every possible bluff candidate earlier on in a hand and they're not capable of turning like a three or a jack into a bluff, like you could fold a six there to a check jam because they just always have it. You know? yeah. yeah, and uh, it's just having that understanding of your range, understanding of your opponent's range and then how the sizes you want to take or the actions you want to take in the first place uh, make or do not make sense. So like I would always bet eight, five here falls on the river. I have no showdown value. I don't yeah. block hearts and losing bottom. to a hand like king X of hearts, like sorry, uh, king four of hearts mm -hmm. would feel like a disaster. It's like, right. what, are we, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. But we're getting out of here is what well, we're doing. What are we doing? We're getting out of here. <laughs> we're being you know played I mean? out. Yeah. We've totally <laughs> talked about too many hands. They've given us the wrap it up symbol. Had a lot of fun today with you guys. We'll be back on Monday. Berkey's back in the building. Everybody say happy birthday to... 
Do we have some Me. black? That's right. right. It's going to be Connie's birthday. You know, and happy weekend. Thanksgiving, everybody, too. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving. And we do have a few things. You know, oh. we got to keep the lights on here. All right, go on. So, do what you got to do, yeah, baby. I'm just saying. What you saying, do, Tori. Don't forget, we are running a uh, Black Friday sale. Uh, if you want a yearly subscription to Solve4Y, you can just go to uh, Solve4Y.io, enter the code. Uh, no, not that one. That one's over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, you missed the pre-Black Friday sale. That's, That's the, one. the one we want, yes. Black Friday 23 is the code. You'll get $100 off of the yearly subscription. So if you already have a monthly and you want to upgrade to yearly, now's the time to do it. We are also running uh, four academies. Four academies. The first one's going to be in January. If you sign up now to any of them before January or before December 15th, you will get $500 off. We're running a cash game in January. That's the 15th to the 17th. A one in March, uh, 18th to the 20th. And then two in May. And one of them is going to be an MTT Academy headed by none other than this man right over here, Matt this Hunt. This guy. That's right. right. He He's built it out for your MTT strategy. Pleasure. <laughs> right. Uh, we really missed the mark here. For the Black Friday sale, the code should have definitely been Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks for rocking with us. Thanks for coming in, Matt. We will see you guys on Monday. Here. Berkey may or may not be back. Who cares? Later, squad. Peace. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.